It's that time of year again. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it is. Not the second time we've done this. Christmas. Christmas. Xmas. And again, it's me doing the themed episode. And as much as I try, and oh boy, did I try to wiggle out of it. He didn't try it all. He didn't try it all. No. Here we are. Begged for it. Absolutely asked for it. But instead- guys, please give me Christmas Guys, again. I love doing the themed ones. But <laughs> instead of doing a Christmas theme episode this fortnight, Aww. I am doing an episode as a gift to you, boy. Aw, it's not even wrapped. What my Christmas shirt? This story <laughs> has one of the most well-known misquoted lines where they have used- Oh, I know what you're doing. Where they have- where they used have instead of had. That's right, Houston, we've had a problem. You're a doll. We're doing Apollo 13, <laughs> but not quite. With your help, boy, we'll cover it. But instead, I'm going to focus, firstly, on one of the heroes of that story. Tom Judith- Hanks. No, <laughs> Judith Love Cohen. In Hanks, we trust. Oh, I know who that is. Yes, well, don't spoil it for the audience. They might not know who it is. I hope they don't. So, how have, how have we been? Boy, do you have any news to so share with us? So, you're not leaving a space for the intro video that I spent 11 hours making. Oh, we totally did. It was all the five seconds. You can cut and move that. Roll it. How long does it go for? Yeah, like, do we actually, <coughs> do we, we actually have to, have to leave? Wait, okay. We can start talking. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, welcome, gentlemen. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome, audience. Thanks for listening. Uh, YouTube audience. To, yes, YouTube audience. Welcome back to this Christmas episode, which is I'm presenting as a gift to my boy. What date is it today? Today it's is the 19th. The 17th. Today is the 17th. Episode yes. release day is the 19th. Correct. It's the 19th. That's the most Christmas day of all. Mm-hmm. Um, any news to share with us, boy, since our last recording? Yeah. <laughs> I got engaged. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Congratulations, boy. Thank and you. And she said Thank no you. the first time. Kidding. Uh, yeah, amazingly, <laughs> she said yes. She's in bed right now. She's probably not going to come out and show the ring, but it's there. Congratulations, Bree. Mm. Congrats, Bree. No response. Wow. Nothing. That's how excited she is. Cheeky verse. That's married life. Welcome to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, honey. If you're listening. <laughs> She's not listening. <laughs> she could be. She does listen. <laughs> yeah, my wife's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Committed spouses. That's what it's all yeah. about. Do we also want to address the uh, fact that you're probably hearing some background noise? Because today is 38 degrees. And yeah, if you hear some running. low hum or aircon noise, yeah. that is real. That's and, real. Uh, we don't apologise for it. It's not a filter. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have recorded in summertime at night without- the aircon on, and that was one. That was a was very uncomfortable enough, uncomfortable yeah. episode. So. It was pretty bad, and there was no video, so you couldn't see the beads of sweat. Yeah, no, yeah, but uh, yeah, daytime episode. We haven't recorded during the day probably since last not for a Christmas. while. Yeah, no. Oh, medley of madness. That was the daytime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was late afternoon, but was, anyway. mm. good old medley of madness. Coming up this coming up this, of yeah. January. Electric boogaloo. No. <laughs> Good tease. So, into the story. Okay. Okay. I don't know why you looked at me waiting for oh, something. I'm just waiting for the pun, but whatever. 
I'm not going to do a pun for Chris, this one because it means too puns, much to me. Christmas puns, challenging. Apollo puns, also challenging. All right. It would be nice if Apollo the cat came out here because mm. that is what he's named after. Mm. I actually mentioned a few books later on. I'm hoping you're actually able to whip them out. I don't have any books. Damn, that'd be cool. I've got the photo book. Yeah, oh yeah. But that, that would, that'd be cool. Anyway, mm. so Judith was born on, the, on August 16th, 1933 in Brooklyn, New York to father Morris Cohen and mother Sarah Cohen. This was the late 30s and 40s. Options for women were limited. Her mother and aunts worked in a dress factory and Judith would entertain herself at home by sewing lace dolls. Her father, who was a soda salesman, at night would explain geometric concepts and Judith would be enthralled. Yum, yum. Very early on. Soda salesman. Soda. He would sell soda, which soft drinks for us Aussies. And I feel like at that time, probably a much bigger deal. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Mm. These nightly lessons inspired a love of math, and it was very clear early on that she had a talent for it. And by grade five, her classmates were paying her to do their math homework. Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) She was very often the only girl in the math class and inspired to be a math teacher, even after a guidance counsellor suggested that she should go to finishing school and become a lady. A lady. A lady. Become a lady. Do we, do we even have finishing schools these days? Not really. I mean- My boss went to one. There's, I can't say I've, I can't say I've noticed one like around or no. heard of anyone going to them. The, the most you hear of is in some states, they still do like debutante ball type stuff, like yeah, cotillion yeah. tile. But do that's they? Yeah, but it's not, it's more Are you like- US states? No, I'm talking in South Australia and Victoria, but it's, it, it's, more, it's more just a, another way of doing formal, but they do, they do dead balls. No finishing schools in Wagga Wagga. No, this. <laughs> what, what got him? <laughs> what are you? Jeez. And what do you learn? That, like how to hold the fork properly. Yeah, it's like all it the stuff fancy like stuff. Yeah, yeah. How to walk around with books in your head, probably. Oh, yeah. nice posture, straight posture. Yeah. By the way, totally thinking about posture when we're on camera. Mm. Also, cheesy. You're welcome. My angle change is because of you. Australian finishing school, Australia's leading leading modern finishing school for ladies. The website is loading. I changed the camera angle for me because Cheesy said it looks like a hostel. Oh, okay. <laughs> Etiquette oh, got training. That. Got stuff in the background now. Etiquette training and certification. Yeah. Why is that trademarked? <laughs> TM. It is. Etiquette training and certification. TM. Yeah. Cool. Why not? Uh, our deportment school, I just didn't know what that means, offers etiquette workshops for adults. We provide finishing training to help build self-esteem and confidence. Etiquette is the fruit of manners. And it deals directly with kindness, consideration, elegance, style, and decorum. That's a great word. This comprehensive social etiquette course is divided into eight steps from introductory table manners and dressing etiquette to more advanced social and business etiquette. Finally, studying international... Can't quite pronounce that very well. That very well. Savoir vivre and the art of conversation and being more refined lady or man. Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, and Adelaide. Nice. Well, Judith didn't do that. Instead, she followed her dreams, and by the age of 19, she was studying engineering at Brooklyn College, and she was also in the dancing ballet in the Metropolitan Opera Ballet. Dancing ballet as opposed to other ballets? Uh, It does say dancing ballet. Hmm. Are there other kinds of ballet? No, uh, it's worded as, by age 19, she was studying engineering in college and dancing ballet in the military. Uh, okay. yeah, it's verb. Ballet. Right. That makes sense. She received, 
She received a scholarship to Brooklyn College to major in math, but she realised she preferred engineering. And after two years, she married her first husband, Bernard Siegel, and moved to California. Here she worked as a junior engineer at North American Aviation and attended the University of Southern California at night. She would earn her bachelor's and a master's degree in electrical engineering from USC, which is the um, University of Southern California, and graduated in 1957 and was just one of eight women in a class of 800. She did have four children as well, with her first child, Neil Siegel, born in 1954. I couldn't find the birth dates of the other two, but figured an important date of her first child, which was right in the middle of her study and work. I really just wanted to point out how busy this lady must have been, Mm. raising children, studying, at this point a master's, I believe, in Mm -hmm. engineering, and also working in engineering as well, which I can't imagine being just a nine-to-five job. Like, if you're working on something, you're you're going to be working on it. Oh, yeah, you're doing whatever you need to do. One of her early engineering works included the guidance computer for the Minuteman missile. Want to have a stab at what that is, boy? The Titan II. I wasn't listening. What was the question? Oh, wow. (laughs) Caught him out in 4K. I was doing a bit of reading. Not 4K, it's 1080p. Good job. Uh, The early works, engineering works, included the guidance computer for the Minuteman missile. Yes. You had a stab of what the Minuteman missile is. It's a missile that's heard that of a community that needs your help. <laughs> oh, Thank man. you, Garvey. Woo, deep cut. <laughs> I mean, not really that deep. Anyone that's nope, played anyone Fallout, that's played 4, Fallout 4, that. 4, yeah. The Minuteman was a sounding rocket, wasn't it? No. Uh, no, it was a intercontinental ballistic missile. Was it? ICBM. Oh, yeah. It was one of the super early ones. Yes, pretty much. A rocket mm. that could travel between continents with a nuclear warhead attached to its nose. Mm. One of the small payload ones. Because mm. you get up to like the Titan II, which was used in Germany, and that was like a, a heavy payload, yeah. intercontinental ballistic missile. Mm. These early missiles would take 30 to 60 minutes to load, which wasn't considered a problem at the time, as that's how long it would take to load up target coordinates in the guidance system, which is what Judith helped to improve to be able to make these missiles ready quicker as keeping in line with their namesake, the Minutemen, which you would know from. From Fallout 4. Yes. And quickly, the Minutemen were an organised militia during the American Revolutionary War where um, and were known for being ready at a minute's notice. Lisa Fee, the name. In the mid-60s, she divorced from Bernard and married Thomas Black. And while working on probably the most notable accomplishment of her career, she had her fourth child in 1969. Nice. In a show... <laughs> nice. You were waiting for that. I could see it on your yeah. face. Yep. In a showing of how dedicated she was to her work, she actually went into her office on the day she went into labour. When it was time to go to the hospital, she took a computer printout of the problem she was working on and later that day called her boss to inform her she had solved the problem and, oh, yes, the baby was born too. A baby boy. Jack Black. Yeah, it is. Yes. The Jack Black we know from Tenacious Uh, D. This episode's a tribute. (laughs) It's a tribute to Judith. (laughs) Uh, From Tenacious D, Kung Fu Panda, Jumanji, and the voice of Bowser in the latest Super Mario Brothers. I do movie. like that. And the holiday, excuse me, one of the greatest Christmas rom coms of all time. Oh, okay. I love all that right. you went with Tenacious D first, which I think is probably the least known of his things. I would have said School of Rock first. Mm. Yes, he was also School of Rock. I, I don't know. I just feel like I associate Tenacious D with Jack Black. Personally, first. we all associate yes. him with Tenacious yes. D. And then probably second, 
it's probably the order which I associate. Like Kung Fu Panda would be second for me. Yeah, that's because you got kids. Yeah. School of Rock still for me. School of Rock then is an excellent Kung movie. Panda. Anyway, our new episode uh, of our podcast, Rating Jack Black's Achievements, <laughs> comes out next week. Yeah, we've, we're done with Adam Sandler movies. Jack Black fan. Now we're up to Jack Black, <laughs> Jack Black movies. Adam Sandler's gone quiet in the last 12 months. If you're listening, Jack Black, because I know you like to he does, collaborate he- on fun things, we'd love to have oh. you on the show. Well, I don't think I can handle great. having Jack Black here. I don't think any of us could handle the amount of energy that he brings. I'd be far too happy. Oh, man. The, the videos he did with Tony Hawk and his kids yep. for the release of the Pro Skater game and the, when they remastered Pro Skater and had did, Jack Black I in didn't it. See oh, it's absolutely hilarious. Jack Black's a character in the- New Tony Hawk game. We might have did to put that as supplementary yeah. content because it's it's very good. I did see a bunch of Can videos. Can we share that? Yeah. Why not? Cool. Put it on the link put it on tree. The, put it on the link tree. I did see All a bunch Instagram. of videos he had done like, um, did he edit himself on top of himself being like General Grievous with like pool noodles as lightsabers? I have literally no idea what you're talking about. No, I, think he did. I think I've seen that. And then yeah. he painted himself green was the Hulk for something. Yeah. Yep. He's- Okay. He's put out some quality stuff. He does. He's, he's, he's what's known as a good sport. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the film clip for their new cover of that Chris Isaac song? Oh, I know they covered it. I haven't seen a video for it. It's, it's him and Kyle Gass in their underwear running in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty graphic. <laughs> oh. Wicked game. Great song. Yeah. It's a shame Chris Isaac's a bit of a piece of yeah, I went on a bit of a Chris Isaac binge after that. He's really not got that many songs. No. Yeah. It's also pretty dude. Mm. We could circle back around to um, Jack Black later. So our next episode of our Chris Isaac Smack Talk podcast <laughs> comes-, <laughs> comes out the week Do not the come Jack on Black the show, <laughs> Chris Isaac. <laughs> anyway, so what was so important about um, this problem she was working on while in labor? It was the abort guidance system in the lunar excursion module for the Apollo space program. And was this, was this important? Yes, as it helped save the lives of Apollo 13. Now, boy, since this is obviously your area of expertise, mm. would you like to assist me in telling the rest of the story? Sure. Cool. Awesome. Just throw to me at any moment. Oh, you just come in with any knowledge that you know. All right. I've got a bunch of stuff down. Do you but- cover what happened during the launch? Uh, probably not. Okay. We'll see. Now, you did briefly touch on this in your Space Race Part 2 episode back in September of 2022. Go have a listen if you haven't. Um, but let's, li- let's dig into the story a little more. And Cameron- Two episodes, by the way. It is, but the Part 2 specifically mm. is the Apollo program. Yes. Um, and can I just say, let everyone know, Aaron's had no preparation for this. He has had no idea what this topic was. This is all knowledge he possesses because he is actually that passionate about the Apollo missions. As John beats up how good I'm going to be at this, <laughs> I have not actively looked into Apollo stuff for a little while, but uh, I should I'm, still know quite I'm a sure bit. I'm sure you'll do fine. I have a piece of Apollo 11 sitting just underneath where my camera is. Oh, do you? Yeah, the one you bought me. Oh, yeah, I know. I was being... I was, I was, you could have chosen acting. not to be humble. I was acting. <laughs> Um, and besides, it was a gift from multiple people. Yes. It was a group gift. Two of which are in the room. And Correct. We, and we, uh, yeah, we bought Aaron a one mil by one mil piece of the gold foil from Apollo 11 Command Module. Command module. <laughs> it's honestly my most prized possession. 
I'm so happy we could do that for you, boy. So a quick crap, uh, quick recap quick for crap. everyone. Yeah, quick crap. I crap bed on that <laughs> sentence, didn't I? A quick recap <laughs> for everyone, boy. <laughs> Apollo 11 was the first to land on the moon. Yes, it was. Apollo 12. Apollo 12 was the second okay. to land on the moon. Yes. And the first to ruin a colour TV camera. Oh, really? Their whole thing with Apollo 12 was like, we're going to have a colour TV camera. It's oh, going right. to be awesome. Yep. And the guy got the camera out and immediately pointed at the sun and broke oh, it. <laughs> just destroyed the lens. Nice. Yes. Well, the main uh, point of Apollo 12's mission was to prove that they could select an area to land. Mm. And they did that. Incredibly well. Yeah. They got within... I want to say it was within a kilometre. I think Apollo Apollo 11 landed w- not where they wanted. They overshot it, overshot the area, didn't they? Yeah, but that quickly. was because the actual landing zone was full of like boulders and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because they had no, not enough information yeah. about what they could land on. Yeah. 12, the actual landing spot was within some ridiculously small amount, but yeah. they were within a kilometre of, um, I think it was Surveyor 2. It was a... Um, rover that they'd landed on the moon. Oh, yeah. So there's footage of them like walking over to this thing and being like, here it is. Nice. Yeah. So the specific purpose for Apollo 13, do you know what that was? Like their main mission goal? Can't remember now. Because yeah, each landing, they were getting more and more mm. advanced of what, what they tried to I think they'd intended accomplish. to stay a bit longer. Yeah, okay. Because all the, all the Apollo missions had like, they were a classified as a, like this is what this mission is. Yeah. Um, and the first three were supposed to be short stay, like scientific. And then the next two were supposed to, two or three were supposed to be slightly longer stay, like prove they could stay on the ground longer. Yep. And then after that was the rover and like extended stay and drive around the place. And yeah. Yep. So the mission launched on April 11th, 1970 with crew members, Commander James Lovell, Command Module Pilot John Swigert. Is that- Lovell's still alive, right? Am I remembering that correctly? One so. moment. There's only a few of them still alive. It's and him and Buzz Aldrin and- Jim Lovell is alive. Yeah. And the third crew member was the lunar module pilot, Fred Hayes. Did you say Jack Swaggart? Jack, Jack Swaggart. John Swaggart. John Swaggart. Jack Swaggart was Jack, later, I think. His name is Jack Swaggart and he has passed away. The commander, James Lovell, had been to the moon before, hadn't he, boy? Yeah, he was Apollo 8. Correct which was the first craft to orbit the moon. Yep, they were the Genesis ones. And at the time... I mean, they read Genesis. Not that they were the first. Yeah, right. But they were. And at the time, he was the astronaut with the most time in space at 572 hours. Mm -hmm. The rocket used for this mission was very similar to that of Apollo 11 and 12, the Saturn V, V for five, Saturn V. I knew I'd get you on that. You just filled me with an <laughs> indescribable rage. <laughs> the Saturn V rocket. However, there were slight dits, distant- No uh, longer the most powerful rocket ever launched. No. It depends on if it launched in the first place. Oh, Ooh. However, there were slight differences <laughs> in, uh, included. There's nobody questions that it launched except flat earthers. I do not respect you. <sighs> do you know what the differences were between 11, 12 and 13 for the rocket? Slight, slight differences. They had insulation for the liquid hydrogen propellant. Yeah. Which made Apollo 13 the heaviest so far. Mm. And it was visibly slower to clear the launch tower. Yeah, the Saturn V was not fast off the pad. No, and this one was even slower, apparently. Yeah. If you compare, like, the Titan II to the Saturn V, the Titan II is just like, see ya. 
Satin Five's like, <laughs> and then it off it goes. Yeah, nice. Well, Apollo 12's spacecraft and launch vehicle were almost identical to Apollo 11's, except that they added hammocks to allow Conrad and Bean, Charles P. Conrad, that is, and pilot Alan L. Bean to be able to rest more comfortably once they were on the moon. Yeah, nice. Yeah, sleeping in the, uh, the Apollo lunar module was not good. I think, no, we won't put a photo up because it's irrelevant for this because they never but, landed. Yeah. But it could be. They had like crisscrossing hammocks. Uh, no, it definitely yeah. will be relevant. Okay. I mean, they didn't land on the moon, no, so they didn't get to use them. Well, they did. Well, I mean, they, they were in that. there, but like. Anyway. Sure. The spacecraft for Apollo 13 consisted of command module and service module together, command and service module, which was named. Oh, what was that one? Testing his knowledge, yeah. Oh, what was that one? Odyssey. Was it Odyssey? Yes. Which one was Challenger? Ooh. Challenger? The one that burst mm-hmm. into flames? No, that's the- There was a Challenger Luna, uh, GSM as well. The Challenger shuttle burst into flames. Challenger was the one that blew up on the way up. Yes. No. Yes. Columbia was one that blew up on the way, way down. Back. No, there was a Challenger CSM as well. I want to say it was Apollo 17. So, yeah, the command, like you said, the command module CSM together was named Odyssey. Odyssey and the lunar module was called Aquarius. Apollo 17 stage Challenger. Hmm. Ascend stage, yep. The primary mission objective was to, quote, perform sinological inspection, survey and sampling of materials in a pre-selected region of the Fra Maru Formation. Deploy and activate an Apollo Lunar Surface Experiments Package. Develop man's capability to work in the lunar environment. Obtain photographs of candidate exploration sites. That was their official mission statement. A little goal, like we said before. They were also tasked with taking several photos of the moon, as well as the... Uh, I did look this up. Jijenshian. The G8, the Jijenshian. Jijenshian? What? Jijenshian. Sean? One moment. G-E-G-E-N-S-C-H-E-I-N. I can tell you what it is because I, I looked it up, but if Sean wants to jump in. The Jijenshian is a faintly bright spot in the night sky centered opposite the position of the sun. The backscatter of the sunlight by interplanetary dust causes the optical phenomenon. It's also called counterglow. There you go. So it's like- um, It's refraction is what it is. Yeah. It's kind of when you look up at the night sky, you know, you kind of see like the bright- Line. Line down the middle of the sky. That's what it is. Well, I always thought that was like the arm of the Milky Way. But yeah, I thought that was the plane of the Milky Way. Yeah, but no. No, it's, it's the refraction of light around the earth captured by the sense. dust particles. Yep. Interplanetary dust, which is pretty awesome sounding. Dust. One thing to to think about is that most of the stars that you see aren't actually stars. They're galaxies or like- Oh, yeah. When they yeah. zoom in on that one little galaxies Galaxies yeah. way, way away. Mm. Yeah. As I said earlier on, uh, launch was on April 11th, 1970, and was mostly uneventful. Was it? However, there is one ab- uh, anomaly mm. where the second stage inboard engine shut down two minutes early due to severe pogo oscillations. Oscillations? Oscillations? Yeah. Oscillations. Oscillations. Mm. Want to explain, boy? Isn't that where, like, the 
the thrust center is like moving back and forth. I believe so. Yeah. Sorry, I was reading ahead. Say again. <laughs> po- Pogo oscillations. Pogo. Can we cut that? Is that what you were talking about earlier about the launch difficulties? Yeah. Okay. Pogo oscillation is a self-excited vibration in liquid propellant rocket engines caused by combustion instability. The unstable combustion results in variations of engine thrust, causing variations of acceleration on the vehicle's flexible structure, which in turn cause variations in the propellant pressure and flow rate, closing the self-excitation cycle. The name is a metaphor uh, comparing the longitudinal vibration to the bouncing of a pogo stick. Pogo oscillation place... Pogo oscillation places stress on the frame of the vehicle, which in severe cases can be very dangerous. Mm. Because in it's in, in, in oh my, what is wrong? It's been a hot day. An investigation later revealed that the engine was one full cycle away from catastrophic failure, which I assume means it would have went boom. Don't believe that. Well, that's what the investigation <laughs> Don't believe said. that for a second. The third that, st- that feels like the kind of thing where you're like, it, oh my, it, almost blew it up. would have exploded if they didn't do it <laughs> right then. <laughs> The third stage was able to like burn- Like, as if Apollo 13 isn't dramatic enough. They're like, it was one oscillation. <laughs> one oscillation. How could you possibly- <laughs> How could you know? One yeah. full the, cycle. The Just- Saturn V engines and the the, sec- the second stage engines are at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. Yep. How do you know that? Yep. Keep it or cut it. By the way, do you know how many astronauts have- the sick flat tops in their astronaut photo? Oh, Man, it's- Badass. Yeah. (laughs) This one guy. The astronauts back then were like the sickest dudes you'd ever met. Yeah. And I'm not saying this to smack talk modern day astronauts, but modern astronauts are nerds. Look at Deke Slayton's sick flat top. They were like- (laughs) Do you know who Deke Slayton is? Test pilots. They were like rock stars. Yeah, he was the test pilot who was selected as one of the original NASA Mercury 7 astronauts. He went mm. on to be the chief astronaut. Go on. Does, do I need to? Yeah, what, what are you alluding to? Oh, and the director- no, Dick Slayton. Go on. Yeah, yeah, look, he was a US, like a US Air Force pilot during World War II, and he flew in Europe and the Pacific, and he left the Army after World War II. The US Army Air Forces, sorry. Went on to receive a Bachelor of Science degree in Aeronautical Engineering from the University of Minnesota. And he, then he later joined the National Guard, working for Boeing. He then joined the Air Force again and attended the test pilot school. And then finally, he applied to be selected as one of the Mercury 7 test pilots, NASA's first class of astronauts. Correct me if I'm wrong. Deke Slayton got landed, uh, got grounded because he couldn't see or something. Couldn't see properly or whatever. Um, he missed the entirety of... Um, Gemini and Apollo until the last launch of Apollo, which was Skylab, where or not Skylab, whatever. The last launch of Apollo, um, where he got to go on that one. So like he went the whole way through without being able to. Oh, okay. Yep. So yeah. he got grounded because of atrial fibrillation, which is an abnormal heart rhythm okay. characterized by rapid and irregular beating of the atrial chambers of the heart. It often begins as short periods of abnormal breathing, which becomes longer or continuous over time. And yes. He was finally medically cleared to fly and was the docking module pilot of the 1975 Apollo Soyuz test project, which was the first crewed international space mission carried out jointly. I think he was the one that decided who went up as well. So So he was the one that chose Armstrong and Aldrin. Yeah. So so to your point where you're saying like the astronauts today are nerds, Mm. 
all these ones were talking super about- unfair on the astronauts oh, no, today. They- They're still like high performing people. Oh yeah, like yeah, like <laughs> yeah, very fit. But I think to your point is that all these Apollo astronauts they were ex pilots in World War Two. They were yes. all test pilots. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he has the distinguished flying cross. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they were all like incredibly accomplished pilots. So you imagine like got there. the- Except for the guy on- Like the character Maverick from Top Gun. That's after much. his career, he goes into being an astronaut. But I think it was 17. Which, which was the start of Maverick, wasn't one it? One of the guys <laughs> in 17 was just a scientist. Yeah. He okay. wasn't a test pilot. Yeah. He was like the only one that wasn't in the military. So anyway, back to- um, Aaron saying that the you're really revitalizing my love of this topic, by the way. Yeah, you know, and this, it started is, this is what with my flat this, tops. Wait, this this is my gift to you. This is what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted you to get happy and excited about. <laughs> I am bummed to warm a Christmas shirt though. I thought this was going to be a Christmas episode. Oh, sorry, Snoop. Can Christmas we, over there? I don't know. Snoop if Dogg it's, on it. If if it's not in the episode, I'll superimpose a, a photo of this T-shirt on afterwards. But it is brilliant. So anyway, according to this issue that the um, stage two rocket had, mm. the stage three was able to burn longer and Apollo 13 managed to achieve the planned waypoint anyway. So they were able to... Um, I actually think it was the same uh, stage that burnt longer. Oh, okay. They were able to, to meet their projections anyway, regardless. At 30 hours into the mission, the crew settled in for the three-day trip to the moon. There was a bit of humour at this time between the crew and mission control as John Swigert realised during his haste, he forgot to submit his federal income tax return, Uh which was due on April 15th. Remember, they launched on April 11th. Mm. It was found that he was entitled to a 60-day extension due to being out of the country. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a bit of like banter back and forth, like with Mission Control laughing, like, hang on, you what? And he's like, oh, crap, I forgot to submit it. (laughs) Did we ever work out what moon time was last episode? I don't believe so. Why are we talking about the moon last episode? Last episode? Was it last episode we were talking about moon time? I remember talking about moon time. Why did we talk about moon time? I don't time? remember talking about moon time. Maybe it wasn't in the episode. I think we got cut. Were we just talking about moon time? It doesn't matter. Move on. I don't, I don't remember. Ooh. 55 hours into the mission, they awoke on the third day and after being told the schedule had been moved forward four hours performed a TV broadcast in which they gave, in which the crew gave a tour of the interiors of Odyssey and Aquarius. I believe this was one that didn't end up getting broadcast on to, actual TV. No, it was not broadcast to the general public. So the, the level of, of interest in America in the space program dropped radically after 11. Hmm. Like I think 12 had a third of the viewers or something. Um, yeah, one of the wives did. of the um, pilots had to go into mission control to see the broadcast because that was the only way she could Mm. see it. So we're all happy and going along swimmingly. (laughs) That is insane, by the way. Like, (laughs) like you literally have people on the way to the moon and the only way that you can see them talking is by going into mission control. Yeah. Crazy. I've gone down an uncomfortable rabbit hole. Mm. What time is it? On the moon. <laughs> Fundamentally, and ignoring the complications of Einstein's special relativity, it's the same time as it is on Earth. 
But this is a bit of a cheat, of course, because we haven't defined how we are measuring time. Oh, no. I feel very small. <laughs> <laughs> this always happens when we do space stuff. I Days feel- are a lot longer on the moon. Sh- sh- don't. <laughs> the moon is tidal locked. Mm. We always see the same face of the moon. Very few people understand that. Mm. Like, there is no dark side of the moon. No. It's just the side that we don't see. Correct. That's what they class as the dark. So it could be in full mm. sun. We just don't see it. But isn't yeah. it because the moon- Yes, tidal locked. Yeah, it's tidal locked. It always faces Earth on the same- The same plane. It rotates at the, at the speed that means it that orbits. we see the same- It rotates and orbits at the same speed. Yeah. Yes. It, it rotates at the speed that means that the same face is always facing us as it spins around. Yes. Which is really cool to think of, really, isn't it? Mm. So, by that logic, n- no, the, the dark side only applies if the sun is facing the moon and then it's dark on the opposite side. But Yeah. But there is no dark side because the sun it's lights the far, up that yeah, side. It's the far thing. side of the moon. On an eclipse, that side is full. It's the far side. No, yeah, it's the far side of the moon. Not during an eclipse. When we see the moon as dark, the other side is lit because it's on the other side of the yeah, sun. That's a solar And eclipse. also during a solar oh. eclipse. A solar during eclipse. During a solar eclipse, that side is full sunlight, completely full sunlight because we have- John is correct. Yeah, you're right because the moon goes in front of the sun. But it is but that's not the not, only time that happens. Yeah. At, no. yeah. It's the far side of the moon. Anyway. Thank you, Michael Bay. Yeah, Transformers. <laughs> and Iron Sky. Have you seen Eclipse when it goes around the have other side Iron and Sky? it goes all red? Hey. Have you seen Iron Sky? Lunar no. Eclipse. Lunar Eclipse. It's when the moon travels into the shadow of the, of Remember the, the Earth. Remember the first time that I streamed, um, I did a, a lunar mission in Kerbal Space Program. Oh, yes. And I streamed for, I think it was just you and Brendan ended up watching it. Yeah. And it just so happened that I got a lunar eclipse in the game. So- when I was orbiting the moon in the game, it was a lunar eclipse, so the moon was all red. Bring it back. Bring Kerbal. it back. No, bring back us streaming games. Yep. Could happen. Talk about that in the new year. So, like I said, are we all going happily and Give going a knowing along? wink, Sean. Go on. Going Give a knowing wink. A foreboding wink. Give a Swimming foreboding wink. wink. Cheeky plays. Come well, on. That's John's job. We haven't talked about it yet. Oh, jeez. Well, approximately six hours, uh, six and a half minutes after the broadcast, when the mission clock was almost 56 hours and the craft was 180,000 nautical miles or 330,000 kilometres from Earth, the incident occurred. There was a malfunction in a pressure sensor of one of the service module's oxygen tanks. Swigert was tasked with stirring the tanks, which would give more accurate pressure readings, and 95 seconds after activating the switches to engage the fans, the astronauts heard a pretty large bang. Kablooey. 26 seconds later, we get the famous misquoted line. Swigert says, okay, Houston, we've had a problem. At this time, the craft was also experiencing electrical fluctuations. Now, do we want to hear the audio clip now of the crew and mission control speaking, or do we want to wait to the end? Guess we'll hear it now. Was that it? You just played it while we were speaking. How long is this clip? Okay, we've had a problem here. This is Houston, say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. We've had a main beam on Thunderbolt. Roger, main beam Thunderbolt. Okay, stand by at 13, we're looking at it. All right, that's a good place to cut it. Okay, uh, right now, uh, Houston, the uh, voltage is uh, looking good. Uh, and we had a, a pretty large bang associated with the uh, caution and warning there. 
Another two minutes. You know that there's a um, there's a website called Apollo in real time, and you can actually watch. Oh, okay. Um, what is it? The movie, but it's spread out no, so that the no, events no, no, happen because no, 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 that's hilarious. No, 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 no. It's the actual missions played back in real, real time. time. So you got Apollo 11, uh, 13, and seventeen, and they're played back with like the full video and audio. Of the missions. So if you were to start in real time. Apollo 13 now, in 56 hours, you'd get to the clip mm. you just heard. So I, I heard about it when it was the 50th anniversary of, of 11. So mm-hmm. you could like tune into the website to watch it in real time as it happened 50 years ago. It was dope. That sounds pretty cool. You get like all the build up in it. Okay, not dope for everyone. Dope yeah, for is me. it worth <laughs> the word dope? <laughs> but you can go and hear them talking about stuff like- as it was happening in, like, you only ever get these really small clips of it, right? You get, like, the moment they stepped on the moon. Yes. You get the moment they landed on the moon. Yes. You get the launch. Yes. But you don't get all the stuff in between, which was, like, incredibly tense. Like, you can listen to the full sequence of them coming in to land on the moon and, like, you, you hear the clip of them being like, oh, you've got a bunch of people in here about to turn blue. But you get to hear... The bits leading up where they're like, guys, you've only got like 10 seconds. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Oh, my God. Like, you get to hear all that. It's super fascinating for me. No one else is going to look at it. <laughs> so, originally- Anyway, lo- the misquoted line, boy. Yeah. Mm, we just heard that. Yes. Where the actual line says- uh, The actual line is, uh, I believe we've had a problem here. Yeah. And then the line from the movie is- Houston, Houston, we've we had have, a problem. We have a problem. And I think they also get the wrong person saying it. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. The, f- the first time it's said is by Swigert. The first time it's said, yeah. he says, okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Mm. Followed by, this is Houston, say again, please. And then Houston, we've had a problem. Yeah. And that was Lovell the second time. So in the movie, I think Hanks is the only one that says it. Yeah, okay. that sounds like the same person says it. It's different people. Okay. I haven't actually seen the movie. You kidding me? You haven't seen the greatest space movie of all time. I haven't. I've, yep. s- I've seen Deep Impact. Swigert reported 26. <laughs> the accident happened at 55 hours, 54 minutes, 53 seconds. Swigert reported 26 seconds later. Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Echoed immediately after by Lovell. Houston, we've had a problem. We've had a main B-bus undervolt. Yes. So originally, Lovell thought Hayes had activated the lunar module's cabin depressurization valve, which also produced a a bang. And Hayes enjoyed doing it because it would startle his crewmates. But Lovell could see Hayes was looking confused as well. They would get a reading that their power supply was under voltage, which meant the three fuel cells weren't working properly. When When they were checked, two of the three fuel cells were dead. These fuel cells required oxygen to operate, and when the oxygen tanks were checked... It showed that tank two was empty and tank one was slowly falling. What had happened? The oxygen tank two had exploded. So yeah, as Sean just said, they were experiencing undervolts, which just means they weren't getting as much power as they should have been. So what was the plan? A direct abort? Aaron, do we want to explain what a direct abort is? Uh, direct abort is like 
Don't you just go straight back? Yes, straight back. They just yeah. want to turn around and come straight back. Yeah. Incredibly difficult when they're mm. already on the translunar. I also read that navigation was difficult. Like navigation using the stars at this moment was difficult because of the debris surrounding mm. the craft. Is that because the debris from the explosion would have been traveling with them? Yeah. So if you think about like an explosion on Earth, everything explodes out and then lands. Lands, yeah. Or if you're moving, it explodes and then lands behind you. In space, when it explodes, it just is there. Yeah, it just kind of expands out a little bit and then travels with you. Yeah. Like, I mean, it'll keep moving. Yeah. Like it's got, it's still got momentum. But in those first few minutes, there would have still been stuff like coming out and floating Mm. around. But because it's moving at the same space, same time, same same speed speed velocity (laughs) as you. It's just going to be there. Yeah, it's just weird to think of, like, boom, and then- There's like, a story of one of the early Mercury missions. Space Wee, we've covered it. Yeah, the Space Piss. We've, we've covered it. Yeah, so for those that don't remember, um, they were in the craft, and they're like, oh, there's all this weird, metallic glowy light stuff outside. What's going on? Oh, they couldn't work it out. It was because they'd vented their piss outside. And it was burning up. Yeah. And it wasn't light. burning up, it was just oh. there. And because it crystallizes- yeah, I think it was like plasma rising, mm. which was creating light and stuff. Mm. Mm. It's also a plane effect. It can happen like flying a plane. You get the, mm. the I forget what it's called now, something lights over the oh, cockpit window. Um, yeah, when you hit uh, volcanic stuff, yeah, like yeah. dust and that. Yeah, that's the one. What's that called? Yeah. In any case, the mission goal for Apollo 13 had changed and it changed to simply getting the astronauts back to Earth alive. About an hour after the explosion, the crew moved into the lunar module and used it as a lifeboat. This isn't as great as it sounds. The LM was only designed to take two people down to the surface of the moon and back again. For like 20 hours or something. With supplies lasting roughly 45 hours. Mm. Oh, it was a bit longer on that one, wasn't it? To make it back to Earth, the lunar module would have to support three men almost 90 hours and travel nearly 3,222 kilometres. One-fifth water rations were introduced and the heater was turned off to conserve energy, meaning temperatures were just above freezing. Some food become inedible due to the cold temperatures and I read that one of the astronauts, I believe it was Hayes, got the flu or a kidney infection or both. Yeah, I think it was a kidney infection. Mm. In any case, they all lost a fair bit of weight in the trying conditions. There was also a problem with removing carbon dioxide from the air. This piece of equipment from the command module um, that was meant to do it was like a square plug and it wouldn't fit into the round opening in the lunar module. Back at mission control, they built an impromptu adapter out of materials they knew that were on board and the crew was successfully able to copy their model. It is a um, misconception in the films that NASA like didn't know what to do or like were making it up on the fly. Um, they did have to make this thing on the fly, but they had practiced pretty much everything that happened in Apollo 13 in some form mm-hmm. earlier. Yep. So they had practiced the lifeboat technique. Yep. They'd used it in the idea that the command module got contaminated somehow. So they'd all get into life into the lunar module and then um, like evacuate the air. Mm-hmm. So they had done it before. It still sounds unpleasant. Like, oh, it's not fun. It's not. This was yeah. not designed to. The film makes it seem like NASA were like, "Oh, we're gonna make it up." Oh, god! But they kind of knew what they were doing. Mm, okay. On April fourteenth, the most difficult section of the return home would take place as the crew swung around the moon, taking pictures on the way. 
they and they also actually set a world record for the furthest humans from Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been broken. And I looked no. it up. It <laughs> no, still stands. Still yeah. It still stands today. But as they slingshotted around, they engaged the lunar module's engines for five minutes, would give which would give them enough speed to return home before running out of energy. A little while later, they would fire it again using the sun as an alignment. All in all, a successful mover maneuver. Not an easy maneuver, but a successful one. It was the furthest crew-capable spacecraft. That's the record that got broken. Yeah, it's not the, the furthest crew. It is no. It's, this is what oh, I looked it up. It said the furthest humans. Yeah, yeah, the furthest humans have gone, but the record that got broken in Artemis was the furthest human capable. Right. Yeah, there was no one in it. After three days of being huddled together in the lunar module, the crew repressurized the command module and powered it up for re-entry, as the lunar module would not handle re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. Little spider boy. The two craft were disconnected and the descent began. Does that mean the... um, Does that mean the Apollo 13 lunar module is still in orbit? No. Oh, it just burnt up into the atmosphere. Yeah, so because it was all still together yeah. and was on a um, entry trajectory, they ejected it and the um, service module together. Yeah. So they both re-entered and burnt up. That would be pretty cool if it was still just out there. Just Well, Snoopy is. I think it's Snoopy. Is it Snoopy from one of the... I think it's Apollo 9? Oh, yeah, I do remember. I think Apollo you, 10, actually. Might have been in the other episode yeah. you did. You might have mentioned that it, they left it in orbit. Mm. And so just before 1 p.m. on April 17th, 1970, the crew safely splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. There was a moment of nervousness as it was thought the heat shield may have been damaged in the incident and mission control had to endure a four-minute wait without radio communication. Yeah, while they're re-entering the atmosphere, it's impossible to have Mm. communication. But relief came when the craft's parachute was spotted. And because of this, things were improved for for the following Apollo missions, and they include... Another cryo-oxygen tank that could, be easy, that could be isolated to only supply the crew. Removing all cryo-tanks, fans, and wiring. Removing the thermostats from cryo-tanks and changing the ch- type of heater tubes. Adding a 400-amp-hour lunar module descent stage battery. Adding water storage bags to the command module. So those things were added to improve the following missions. As for the astronauts... Hayes was assigned to command Apollo 19. However, it and two other planned missions were cancelled due to NASA's budget cuts. Damn Dolphin House. He later <laughs> did pilot the space shuttle Enterprise during its test flight. <laughs> another another callback to the CTU. In 82, Swigert was elected to Congress in his home state of Colorado. However, he was diagnosed with bone cancer during the campaign and sadly died before being able to be sworn in. And Lovell, with journalist Jeffrey Kluger, co-authored a book on Lovell's career, which mainly focused on the Apollo 13 mission. That was the book I was hoping you'd actually have. Mm. Uh, It was titled Lost Moon, Perilous Voyage of Apollo 13, which stimulated Hollywood into action, and the Apollo 13 movie starring Tom Hanks was born. And finally, back to Judith. After retiring from being an engineer in 1990, she wrote two series of books. You Can Be a Woman series, which she, create, which she created to encourage very young girls to pursue careers in science and engineering, and the Green series, which was aimed at young children and focused on promoting positive environmental practices. She also co-wrote a book called The Women of Apollo, which features short biographies of four women 
who helped out, who helped put humans on the moon, Judith among them. Sadly, her life ended in 2016 after a short battle with cancer. And that is the story of Apollo 13 and Jack Black's mum, Judith, Judith Love Cohen, which is not what she should be known as, just as Jack Black's mum. She has contributed so much to human history and the space program. I love the story of Jack Black's mum because of what you just said, which is she did something incredible, but not noteworthy. Like, not really noteworthy. And people be- don't care. No. They're just like, oh, Jack Black's mum. Yep. Like, no, she had this massive life and did this such cool stuff. But because of her son's fame, fame, she yeah. gets more recognition, Jack Black's which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Because it's just even that story of taking her work into hospital yeah. while giving birth and then ringing her <laughs> boss like, I've solved the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me the numbers aren't adding up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pushing till I do the math. <laughs> so no, just um, Judith Judith Cohen, just incredible woman. Um, again, like I said, for her contributions to human history, and also producing a very funny human boy. I find him human funny. boy, <laughs> human <laughs> boy. Yeah, good so, story, boy. So I'm that, annoyed you stole it from me, I, but also I, I'm happy that I got to sit here and just enjoy it. I also, yes, that was what I was talking about the other night about your reaction. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I knew, I know you love this thing, but there's plenty of other um, space stories we can cover. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, Columbia and uh, Challenger. Challenger. Challenger is a depressing story. Um, yes, it is. Um, but yeah, so is Columbia actually. As I said, Merry Christmas to you, boy. I wanted to gift gift this episode Thank to you, you as a Special treats, because I know you absolutely love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Thank you, boy. And, and Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I did have fun. I went down a a, a deep rabbit hole moving through. Time. Yeah, not on the moon time. I did go down the moon time, but looking through other Apollo projects in the process. Oh, yes. some other Some other cool stuff. Mainly. The plans for Apollo were massive, and they got cut. Very quickly because of uh, just people didn't care after 11. Well, they shouldn't have funded Dolphin House. That's that's the un- undoing of NASA. So Snoopy is the only lunar module that's in heliocentric orbit. Mm. Well, it's the only one left. They're going to recover that no, it's one? the only one that went into heliocentric or- orbit. Yeah, the, others- the rest either got crashed into the moon or burnt up in the atmosphere. Yeah, deliberately though. So mm. like it wasn't even like a- an accident. Snoopy was the only one that they deliberately put in heliocentric yeah. orbit. So I, from memory, uh, in the episode, I don't know if I said this in the space race one, but they slammed all the lunar modules into the moon to test the seismic the equivalent. The seismic equivalent, yeah. Mm. I think you did mention that. Apollo 11's ascent stage would be left in lunar orbit to crash, while post-Apollo 11 ascent stages were steered directly into the moon to obtain readings from the seismometers mm. uh, placed on the surface, with two exceptions. Apollo 13's ascent stage, which the crew used as a lifeboat to get back safely to the Earth before jet releasing it to burn up in Earth's atmosphere, and Apollo 16's, which NASA lost control of after jettison. So would they plan on recovering Snoopy one day, if it was possible? Um, people have talked about doing it. I don't want them to. You wouldn't want to travel to somewhere to see it? No. Okay. Because you can see mock-ups of them. You can see the ones that they created. There's one over there. Yeah. Um, they, <laughs> they, created, they created Earth 
versions of them. Yeah, okay. Um, because like they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to hold their own weight in Earth. But I think the fact that there is one still out there orbiting the sun, like that's cool, and it should still be there. I would also assume they would have the modules from the cancelled missions as well. Um, I actually I'm not sure if any were. I think some may have been built but didn't get used, but all the Saturn V's got used, um, all the real ones anyway. Um, and I don't know if any of the real command modules still exist, but, yeah. So I, I don't want them to bring it back. I think okay. it's cool that it's out there. Well, you heard it from an official space fan. Snoopy's not coming home. Hmm. Shouldn't come home. I think it'd be cool to have, but... I mean, piece of history. Whatever. Like, if they bring it back, cool. You get to go see it. But there's plenty of stuff on Earth you can see. Yeah, fair enough. So that's my opinion. All right. Well, we're going to have some links in the link tree. Um, yeah, we're going to have to remember what they were now. We're going to have that audio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you able to? The link tree is obviously going to be posted in the comments or the it's description in every post. Yep. of the YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Thanks for watching. YouTube, thanks for listening, everyone else. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a Merry Christmas. And a Happy and New Year, because we won't speak to you until the second. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're pretty close. We'll be back for Sean's... Medley. Medley of Madness. Mm-hmm. Medley of Madness, Volume 2. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks after that, we'll be back with Aaron's episode. Medley yes. of Madness and the Chamber of Secrets. Medley of... Ma- uh, two Medley, two Madness. Mm-hmm. All jokes you used last time. Anyway, yeah. thanks for listening. 22 um, Medley Street. Catch us. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hit us up on the socials at Cheeky Tales Pod uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. X, not Twitter. I refuse to call it X. I forgot. It's X. The website is still You're wrong. It's X. Don't care. The two medleys, which is meant to be the two towers, but there's nothing else on it. Anyway, thanks for listening. No. Boo. Cut it. <laughs> what did I say about 9-11 jokes? No. Uh, Lord of the Rings joke. Thank you. You what brought up What are you 9/11. talking about? I thought he said twin towers. Yeah, you're the one making the- The two towers. Wow. Wow, sure. Wow, oh, never forget. Dear. Wow. Cut it. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good Even night, Even though it's clearly daytime. Ta-ta. Why do we say good night? People don't listen to this we at night. We always record at night. Yeah, I know. We got to stop saying that. We got to say something like "see you next time" instead of "good night." No, it's good night, Chicky. No, but yeah, but it's not night. It comes out in the morning. <laughs> it I actually was, comes out. I was going to cut this, but now they're just bickering, and it I comes out, need to hear it. Yeah, it a comes, little, little bit of ASMR for you guys. We're not doing ASMR. Your beard scratches on the microphone when you do that. No one wants to bloody do that. Squid waving at the camera. Good night, Chiquitos. My audio is at a decent level. Hiya! 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 I'm a karate guy. Okay.